Yeah, I was wrong about you, son. Or Hank was. Add that to the kid's long list of fuck-ups. You know what's funny? I'd look at you sometimes this summer, Liam. I wish you were my kid instead of him. My boy is dead and I kicked the weapon that killed him overboard. I might miss them both equally. Basket Full of Heads Written by Joe Hill Art by Leo Max In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and my severed head in a lovely wicker basket is the one, the only. Here's Travi. Travis Rats here. Oh, Travis. On the podcast, Travis and I... On this Comic Exposure podcast, you get to hear dog squeak toys in the background, and then Travis and I dive deep into some comic books, and you are on one of those episodes. And this is a, Travis, this is the yearly, the yearly spooky book that mm. we read. This is the spooky book episode, and we are, uh, we are spooky booking it. We've got a guest for our spooky book. Uh, we're reading Basketful of Heads out on Image Comics. Actually, no, it's DC Black Label. I lied. It's DC Black Label, not Image. Yeah, Joe Hill, Scrap, uh, Hill, Hill, Hill House, Hill House Line. Hill yeah. House Line. Uh, Joe can, Hill writing. Can I, can I put a time on it and then yeah. you can give the colorist? I want to say that your dog squeak toy, I believe it's a dog squeak toy, but also with like the sounds of children's laughter in the background, it sounds like sex bed with children in the background. And it's a really spooky combination. Wow, <laughs> neither of those things are accurate to what's happening in my house right now. Uh, now. Now I'm creeped out. Now I feel like I have to go podcast in my closet. I'm gonna go podcast <laughs> no. in my closet. <laughs> the second thing, oh, please continue, please continue, Josh. Tell us who is, who is putting their little fingerprints all over the spooky book. Yeah, 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 yeah. On this spooky book, we've got Joel Hill, the writer, son. Joe of, Hill, uh, not Joe Hill. He's Joe, not, yeah. Joe Hill, Joe who is the son of Stephen King. I'm sure he gets tired of people saying that he's the son of Stephen King, but if he didn't want that to happen, he shouldn't have written horror. He should have gone and done something else. So uh, I he should have been a baseball player. Victorian no romances. Care. I'm not even saying yes, pick a different profession. Pick a different genre, Victorian no, romance. No, I'm saying pick a different profession. Oh, okay. If you don't want people to say that, oh, you're, you're Stephen King's son, then you should have been a professional basketball player or something. Anyways, Joe Hill writing Leo Max on art. Uh, Ricardo... La Bella, these additional pencils. Dave Stewart, of course, the wonderful Dave Stewart on colors. Uh, and then we've got a guest, and our guest joining us. Uh, this is like three episodes too close together for for my comfort. If you yeah. if you can imagine it, folks. So on this episode today, well, you know she's she's here because it's a spooky book, and she's a spooky gal. She loves the she loves the spooky books. She does horror film makeup uh, and spooky things, and she's one of like. I don't like Halloween, but you, Travis, are a Halloween fan. We're gonna get into this because I want to talk to guests about this. Yes, Andrea is a is a super Halloween fan. Uh, every year, some some costume that I don't get the reference to because I've never seen the horror movie. Um, and uh, we've got Andrea Consolvi back on the podcast with us, talking to us about a spooky Yay! book. Hello, Andrea. Welcome to the show. Hi. Very excited to be on for the spooky book. I've always always wanted to do a spooky book with you boys. So this, well, is, this is quite exciting. Andrea, you're here for the spooky book. It's spooky question. book time. Question. Yes. Some people refer to Halloween as a holiday. Other yes. people refuse to refer to Halloween as a holiday. What are your thoughts on that? If someone, if you're like, oh, what's my favorite holiday? And you say Halloween and someone's like, that's not a holiday. What is your reaction to that? I think those people are the worst. And I don't, I don't even understand. I've never heard that before. That is shocking. Yep. And makes me sad. And my, it's a holiday. My, it's not my, a good one, but my it's a gothy, holiday. My gothy little heart. I just, it's just. I love Halloween. I actually love everything leading up to Halloween almost more than the actual day. Just because it's just like I just decorated my house today. I know it's September. I know it's like 190 degrees outside here. But 
like it, I have a graveyard in front of my house. It's like we I have like 20 pumpkins that I've carved. It's like black lights and all sorts of stuff. I don't know. It's like it can be spooky for you know, like a whole month leading up until the day. What? So I feel like it's a like whole month, not just a, not just the day. I'm, I'm with you, sister. It's my favorite holiday. I love it. I love everything about yeah. and I, everything leading up to it. There's a lot of Halloween accoutrement that we're going to talk about here. Yes. But I want to talk to you about Halloween timelines. You know, for Christmas decorations, it's usually some people will go that Thanksgiving weekend, they'll go pick out their tree or, you know, you don't, you have to take, you have to take down your decorations by Boxing Day or whatever it is. What would you say a good timeline would be for things like, let's say, decorations then let's say pumpkin carving and then let's say maybe candy buying or or, or costume prep let's say that okay so i do have uh, you, you've kind of like <laughs> checked all the boxes for my spooky timeline um now this was this year was a little i was a little desperate because you know quarantine has been a bummer and you know i've been i've been like just waiting for september for something to look forward to so I'm not going to lie. Like first weekend in September, I decorated the interior of my house. Boo. Hey, you know, you little exactly, Josh. Boo. Mustachioed boo. boo is the Halloween ho, ho, ho. Oh, well, that ho, ho, ho. <laughs> boo humbug, I say. September's too early. Boo humbug. September's too early. I, Let well, September be a month. I but like what do we do in September? Nothing really matters. I gotta tell I gotta tell you, Josh. You might not want to admit it, but you got the mustache you are now rocking is a costume mustache. So whether you like it, it or not, you have it just is. you have just put on your first piece of Halloween accoutrement. I am, <laughs> I am going to tie a woman to a train track. That's I think what, that's my your top hat and your monocle going, and yes, your little cape, your little shorty cape. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you decorated but, uh, already. You decorated. I decorated already, and then I waited until at least the end of September to you know do the outside because I have an HOA and they would be pretty pissed if I did it September second. But um, I don't do. I just kind of do like haunted house stuff and like go out and watch scary movies if they're showing in some can, cool like film bar or some cool place. Can we talk can we talk about why are we now putting Christmas lights out for Halloween but they're like purple colored? Why do why do people do that? Because they because Halloween is Halloween is like the kitschy christmas you know what I mean? Yeah. Like people want to people want to flex called, their weirdness. It's called ambiance, my man. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't like it. Save the Christmas lights for Christmas. I mean, I just, I just have regular lighting, like spotlights and stuff. That, like, I do it very theatrically, Travis, and I think you would appreciate that. I like it. Um, so I don't, I don't string Christmas light, like, like the black light Christmas lights. I did at my old house, but they died because they were cheap. But I've, I've done a whole other spooky. That in of itself sounds like a horror film. Josh, Josh, I'm <laughs> yeah. gonna, I'm gonna give you a concession here. I'm gonna give you a okay. concession. One okay. of the things that I think is overdone, or, or I don't mm -hmm. like with Halloween. That they did with Christmas is the inflatable Halloween decorations. <laughs> I am not yeah. not a fan. Okay, of Okay, we're both we're both we're both on the same lights. Page I, lights, I'm okay with. Uh, animatronics, definitely good. Anything wood that screams fall to me. Um, but a big inflatable Jack Skellington? No, don't do it. Not inflatable. Not inflatable. Andrea, the way you're, you're Andrea is very awkward here. Andrea, do you have any inflatable Halloween props? I do props? not. Okay, no, good. I have. There's a I giant do. spider on top of her house. It's inflatable. <laughs> no. Actually, you sold me, Josh. That's actually pretty cool. <laughs> no, I, I am not. You have them at Costco. You can get it. I, I don't do the inflatable. I did see that there was, gosh, I don't even know how tall it was. It was probably like 12 feet tall, like spooky ghosty goblin thing that had like a black light come through it because it was so over the top like i res i respect that and my neighbor actually got one one year okay. i don't know what happened to it but that's my deal with inflatables is that they they're busted like two days into you using them because oh. i mean we have we're, we have like desert landscaping in the front like rocks and twigs and shit so it's like you know i don't know they don't last very long so i appreciate creating more of an atmosphere with other, like you said, like more hearty fare, like animatronics and wood. <laughs> Last question. Then we should probably get into this book. Um, sure. Is a pumpkin carving. Uh, what is, how yes. deep do you take it? Do you have a pumpkin carving kit? Do you have several different tools? Are you chiseling? Are you shaving? Or are you just, uh, uh, are we talking about pumpkins? We're talking about legs. We're talking about pumpkins. We're talking about, right? we're talking about uh, Brazilians. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. That we can talk. We'll do that on my podcast. Um, but yeah, no, I 
I mean, I'm not in, I'm not great at pumpkin carving. I can use a kit and I use like, you know, the level expert or whatever, mm-hmm. but like, it's not you get that the hard. Stencils, yeah, I get the stencils. Oh, shut up. <laughs> so, Carve your I mean, own ugly pumpkin face on it. Be like, do that Charlie Brown pumpkin face. That's all well, we need. I have the 20 fake pumpkins that are in my front yard and I've carved every one of those and they all look just terrible and cheap. So that's, I did, I've done that. So I do one giant ass pumpkin every year. I go to the little, you know, whatever we call a pumpkin patch in Arizona. And I do the kits. I have multiple kits because the tools are pretty cheap and they tend to break. Um, but yeah, we, we put the witches on. I soak the pumpkins overnight. You put them in the bathtub in about two inches of water, keeps them fresh. And then I carve while I watch the witches, the the movie with Angelica Houston. And then, you know, you toss them out and the kids go crazy for them. Well, I, I always try to get something cool. I did not know about that, about keeping them fresh, because that, that was my yes. issue. And that's how spooky Andrea is. That's how I, spooky she is. She I, knows I'm how to keep pumpkins expert fresh. level spooky. <laughs> I, when you were talking about pumpkins, I thought of a brilliant idea. Yes. And I think we should make this happen. You know, it will, work, it will work better in certain places in America, but in some parts of Arizona, they have little uh, communities and they have like a little pond or something on there. Mm-hmm. What if we had like some sort of inflatable tiny rafts like type thing and we could put pumpkins on them, light them, and then send them out to a pond. So in the pond, you have exactly, you have a bunch of floating <laughs> luminescent pumpkins that are just kind of, Bumping into each other and floating around a pond. Right. I don't know who's going to wrangle those pumpkins in, but to me, that would be a sight worth beholding. Well, you just you just tell the kids that if they get the pumpkins, they get to smash them the next day. And so, oh, that's actually good. They have to wait till the next day, though, because you smash pumpkins on Halloween, you're just a dick. Yeah. So. You're supposed to you're supposed to smash them the day before on on Devil's Night. That's when you truly are supposed Art, to destroy everything. Uh, Halloween. Uh, Despite all his rage, he's still just a mustache he's, in a cage. Yeah, all right, <laughs> let's should we get into this he book, seems guys? Pretty knowledgeable <laughs> about hate, you know, about Halloween. Right. He really hates it so much. So we we decided to do spooky book like we always do, and. Travis and I had no idea what this book was about. I just had heard that it was good. Uh, and Travis, you what you like? Uh, Joe Joe Hill did. Um, what's the Lock and Key? The, yeah, he did. Uh, I've read his. I've read his novels. Read his novels. Uh, yeah. Heart uh, Horns, Heart Shaped Box. Uh, so I've, I've. I like. I'm a big fan. I think. Heart-shaped I think he's Heart Shaped Box is my favorite Joe Hill album. It's my favorite Joe Hill album. Yeah, um, it's a good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, my Nirvana joke didn't land. I get it, but it'd be better if you were wearing your if you were wearing your bleach shirt. That would be. I'm not good. wearing my bleach shirt today. Last time I did, I wore it, but not not this time. So, uh, you know, we we dove into this book, and so we picked a spooky book, and I think that we picked. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I think that we picked a near near perfect spooky book. A I, near perfect spooky book. I agree 100. percent Um, because Travis and I look. Travis doesn't watch scary movies. Wait. I don't I don't watch scary movies. Oh, I know that. And so this is just this is spooky and goofy enough that it works just well for us. Like it's the perfect spooky like goofum book. Uh and it's quite close if I can, it's it's very evil deadish, right? It's got enough goofiness to it oh. that it's it's not too spooky. Uh and it was it was darn good. If I can go out on a limb, I'm going to say that this Joe Hill character he's got he's got a career ahead of him. He can write, he can write a book. He's good. He's a this solid. Is a good one. He's solid. Solid. Solid writer. So Andrea, we we yeah, as Josh said, we like our horror to come with a spoonful of. Uh, candy, candy corn. Look, uh, definitely more <laughs> earnest, scared, stupid than the ring. We're right? we're, if I had we're, a pick, we're we're a, a lost boysian, uh, yeah, earnest, yeah, yeah. scared, stupid mothers, Milak uh, kind of guys. Yeah. What yeah. about what about so when Monster you started squad. exactly Mon- yeah, Monster oh, Squad, uh, the the Buffy movie, not the Buffy TV show. Oh, the, the Buffy, Buffy movie. movie is the best. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So when you when you read your horror book, so when you got into this, Andrea, it's it's kind of from issue one. Uh, it sets the tone for this is kind of going to be a goofy horror. Is that is that is are you okay with a uh, 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 is that your preferred horror milieu? Um, I. Well, What's your favorite horror? We, um, you know yeah, what? I, Fuck you guys. 
<laughs> well, I no, I trust me. I appreciate, and that's why horror is my favorite genre because it has so many different branch uh, branches off of it. You know, so I love like a goofy horror comedy, but like like my favorite horror movie of all time is the original Halloween, and okay. I think it's very scary, but it's also very simple. So you know what I mean. Like so that's that's my that's my true true love is like genuine scariness. But I loved this because it had such layered characters and it, it, nothing happened too quickly it let it build but it didn't seem drag it didn't drag too much or anything mm. like the pacing was wonderful but i think it does it had just a perfect balance of silliness and and gore because yeah. it was it was it's like it's got that kind of fantastical you know horror with the the talking head spoiler alert the heads talk yeah. um so it was you know had that fantastical evil deadness but um but it still was really like unsettling it <laughs> yeah so, yeah it's it's, really, it's it's a fairly simple story it yeah. follows our main character june branch i believe is her name and and she's coming into brody island maine this little peninsula that's kind of and a maine is a fake place right it was made up by stephen king <laughs> yeah maine is. Joe Hill. yeah maine does not exist none of this is real maine is just made up by stephen king and of course his son is like i'm gonna take what my this weird place right. my dad made up i can't come up with an original place no well, i will allow a lot of my family is from Maine, and so I and Stephen King is my favorite author. So I have it had like a lot of oh nice. It's Consolvi well, catnip right here. Well, so. I looked I looked up the the place. It's called Brody Island, Maine. There I couldn't find a Brody Island, but I did find a Bodie Island, Maine. There is a, a place called Bodie uh-huh. Island, Maine. Bodie is also one of the name of the characters. I am and- an FBI <laughs> agent. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, Bodie's also one of the characters in Lock and Key. One of the kids is named Bodie. And so we follow uh, June Branch. She comes onto this island to visit her boyfriend who's been working as like an, I don't know, an apprentice cop for the summer. A summer cop, which a is such cop. a like, uh, no, like I'm I'm a summer cop, right? That's it's a New a, England thing. Like it's it's, very, like everybody it's comes. Summer town. Only, yeah, there's only people here in the summer. So we hire summer cops yeah. and we hire weird college kids to just be a cop for the summer. Uh, I, I I'll tell you what, Josh. Uh, yeah. If you want to be a summer cop, no, I would. I would. I would love to be a summer cop. I feel like it's the equivalent of the adult lifeguard. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. I can. Yeah. Yeah. So she she goes to this island. She visits her her boyfriend. Uh, they're talking about like moving in together. They're talking about buying a car together. They're 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 thinking about taking things to the next step. All right. Uh, meanwhile, the story follows. June gets caught up in this kind of criminal enterprise with basically like four criminals. And so she gets trapped into this story and caught in the middle of it uh, with things going on around her. And anyway, she comes across this ancient Viking axe. And this ancient Viking axe is her tool, which she uses to navigate this kind of uh, horror story that she's in. And the thing about this Viking axe is it takes people's heads off with one stripe, stripe, swipe, and it leaves that head still talking. So the head is still animated. The head can still talk. So as she goes through the story and as she navigates through it and kind of unravels this mystery, she collects more and more heads of people who are going to help her solve this mystery. Right. Uh, and it's just, it's hanging out in a, in literally a basket, hence the yeah. name basket full of heads. And that is the premise of the book. I'm sure we can get into some detail, especially with the ending and how we felt about the turn at the end uh and this character so we we talked andrew you said you're you're from maine uh this world that first that first book in this trade is a lot of world building we set up you know the summer cop the island how separated how do you feel the world building was done in this in this book well well i and i'm not from there but my my dad was born in maine and then i have a lot of okay i retract my question so josh no you're uh, fine (laughs) so you know you know nothing about this actually i mean it it's it's super accurate i mean just the bridges just how little the town is everything also it's funny because um she does get a sea dogs shirt given to her by uh hank harvard harvard hank and uh my nephew is on the sea dogs which is super cool so i was just like there's little things in this that were were quite charming also one other thing if i could just throw it in there because i'm staring at it um 
they talk to is it the police chief who's the guy in the suit in the beginning it's the mayor right it's is the it guy the mayor okay yeah it's the mayor it's okay, essentially the mayor from uh jaws from jaws and that's what i was gonna say because not only does it look like him but they actually he actually puts a, a quote in here and he says well, it's part of the same quote from Jaws. And he says, break out the bastards and string them up by their Buster Browns. And I'm like, that is directly, this is a, just a screenshot from Jaws at this point. So I thought that yeah. was kind of great. Very and then, what's that? I mean, it's that same, it's that concept, right? It's a summer yeah. town. We're here because, you know, like exactly. people only come here in the summer, right? Yeah. yeah. And they have like the big billboard with the island and everything. And they've got their little town motto and stuff. So it was, it did have a very, and that Jaws was shot in Massachusetts, which is, you know, close to Maine. It's all New England. But um, yeah, just like those little touches like that were really, really um, charming and and uh, reminiscent of all the times I've gone there. So, yeah, it's it's accurate. <laughs> Josh, how did you feel about our uh, protagonist here, June Branch, as far as our our what do they, what do they call in horror? The not the kill girl, the final girl, the final girl. The final yeah. girl. Um, I think I so I enjoyed the so i am surprised at how okay she is with everything but that's the only way this works right that's the only way this story works is for her to be like yeah i cut off somebody's head it's funny that it's talking now i cut off my own thumb Uh, it's cool (laughs) okay um but i like i that's the only way this works right and so like i said it reminds me a lot of evil dead where the characters automatically like yep this is okay this is just the way it is right and there's no shock or super surprise i mean there's there's slight shock, but then you settle into how weird it is really quick, mm-hmm. and she rolls with it. I thought she was a really good character. It was fun to to like hang out with her and see her navigate all this, and then you know, we at the very end she gets to like still be like, no, you suck too, right? And she, yeah, like you know, like she she doesn't sort of settle, and I I think that that's that like I enjoyed her as a character and following her around and how she dealt with all of it. Um, I, it, it was just funny to me to how quick she was like, yeah, it's okay. I'm cutting people's heads off. This is just what I can do now. There's, she, has a, she has a tremendous amount of agency as a character uh, and as a female character in this, which I really liked. I found myself being oddly attracted to this character, not only in the art form, but also in the personality. I'm like, I feel like, like, you know, when you were a kid and you used to be attracted to cartoons, is that a thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, uh, Robin Hood. Hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fox. That's right. Like that's I right. had a total crush on him. Yeah, that's yeah, like, Andrea. Yif, yif. That's like a thing online where like uh, a lot of women of your generation were attracted to that that fox First character. Tweets for the Robin Hood fox. Yeah. Like yeah. But no, uh, Trav. I got to tell you, buddy. Uh, it was a Daisy Dukes, right, Travis? She's she is easy on the eyes, but also like a super badass chick who just. She, I love it because there's a, there's a, she has a conversation with, um, Hank's mother. It's at the, the at the house, Bobby, yeah. whatever. Um, they're at his, they're, they're her house, and she's a, kind of this rich, suspicious character. And uh, she talks about how she's a psych major and stuff, and she says that people in that field, women in that field, have an axe to grind for men or whatever. And I yeah. just thought that was funny. I was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. You know. Like I, a good nod forward to it. Yeah. I, 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 she just seemed like a cool girlfriend. Like that whole car, that long car scene we get in that first book, I think really sets them up as real people. When you she, bought, put her foot up, she put her feet up on the dash and that yeah. got you, didn't it, Travis? Yeah. It did. It's very Tarantino. <laughs> it, it was very Tarantino. It, it was uh, so Tarantino. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's actually, it's funny you say that, Josh. That is one of the standout things that I was thinking about. I'm like, I, I thought you were for sure like, I'm like, this is a Travis panel. Uh, this is about a Travis if you can get is they're talking about like reggae and stuff like that yeah. just having a conversation but that's so important to the story because you have to buy that she really loves her boyfriend and that this relationship right. does have a lot of potential um because in in the end when she turns it on its head you really do feel that kind of oh wow like this was the guy she was going to start her life with and they seem to work well together and you're kind of rooting for them throughout the whole book you want them to get back in the same scene together because there's separated after the first book until the end and i thought that was just a really brilliant pacing and and a setting of seeds that felt natural and that first book there's hardly any violence in it uh and i just thought it felt i like that world i could i could read three books of them just hanging out together honestly yeah they're they're summer adventures and i just it made me believe it really made me believe that she was just she was searching for him this whole time right. and like having that like driving force like you really believe that she she loved him that and she would so, cut her thumb off for him 
you know exactly right? yeah. so that yeah. whole that whole opening where and they're like getting kind of sexy in the car and their banter and they're so flirtatious and stuff it just you totally believe it and i yeah they're great the dialogue is great throughout the dialogue is spot on when you've got the scene when she's in the she's in the jail cell with the the mayor's son or no the police chief's son like they're back and forth as he's sort of telling the tale and all this stuff it is there like you go like, man, he's such, he's so gross, right? Like the dialogue really amps each of these characters up to where you really like, you know them, you know what I mean? Like, and, and that's not to say that, you know, the, the, the uh, chief of police's son isn't stereotypical or doesn't fit a very like, you know, this is my role in the story, but the dialogue was like super good. And, I so the whole thing centers around uh, the the chief of police is sort of the muscle for running drugs in uh, in this island, right? Like runs drugs on this community. Uh, he's got a ton of money because of it. His son wants to be a politician. Like there's really all this nice stuff. guy is beginning. You're like okay, right. you're, you're maybe you're too nice, but he comes across as this mentor figure. It's great. Yeah, right. And and it all boils down to um, they believe that. Um, the sun has been flipped by, or they, that the summer cop has been flipped by the feds. He's been recording them because they find this tape called, Oh, what's the name of the tape again? It's, it's a police uh, album. Uh, yeah, it's police the, vital evidence. Yeah. yeah. Vital evidence, right? <laughs> uh, police vital evidence. And that, that's at the very end is one of the best, it's one of oh. the best little like moments where you're like, Oh, that's great. Like none of this should have happened. It's all happenstance. And the fact that it's no, the actual person who's flipped on them is the, is the maid is With like the spine. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's such a, it's such a good twist that she, she chops the heads off of all these people. And then spoiler alert, spoiler, alert, spoiler alert. She does it to her boyfriend too, like that flip. And then it is all because of a dumb tape. She would not have known about the thing that happened with the with this the girlfriend of the uh, of the police chief's son and all of this stuff. You wouldn't have gotten any of that, but for a police tape. And it is it is it's so wonderful that that is what all of this hinges on. When you find that out at the end, you're like, oh, that's perfect. I love. Well, and also, yeah. how, oh, go ahead. Jeff. No, please, yeah. please. Go ahead. Oh, I um just even her reaction. Her reaction is your reaction. Like she just, it's her just laughing hysterically at like, no, the police, the police, like she can't even believe it. And she's just dying laughing. Right, and, they start their, and like the other funny thing is they start their, their, um, the whole morning off talking about reggae and talking about like, yeah. you know, like, that, and you know, the police fits into that sort of, that sort exactly. of, you know, eighties genre, eighties music that they're talking about at the beginning of it. And it's just, of course. Right. Yeah. And it's so, it's such a like. The de the attention to detail in this story is so. I mean, I I would love to. It's it sounds like so dorky, but I would love to see this as a film. Just saying. Oh, it's but, definitely it definitely <laughs> is like it definitely is written like a film. Like, like it's, yeah, having having read so many having read so many books for this show, you can definitely tell when an author is might as well have written a it's screenplay. A treat, well, it's like a treatment for. It's a like, treatment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's and, exactly. And, and this is definitely like, oh no, this is you essentially have all of your storyboards here, uh, right? Yeah, this is the whole thing. You could do this here. Here is one of the issues that I had, but I I, I kind of got over it at. So the device for uncovering the mystery is after each head is chopped off, that head then gives their part of the story, right? right? And at first, I'm like, that's kind of lazy writing because it's all telling, you know? It's like, oh, I'm going to tell you, like, I, un, unprovoked, I'm going to just kind of tell you what happens. And some of them are a little bit more couched than others, like the, the you know, like, well, here's my part of the story. And I was like, oh, that's a lot of a lot of telling and not showing. But I think it works in this because they it's when when they tell you actually get the panels and they're you know, it's a different a little bit different coloring and you get to see what happens and you got to get to see this happen. I, I it's not like she's uncovering evidence. She's having story bits of stories told to her to 
to her but the heads are so forthcoming i guess that makes sense you know because you're ahead and you're panicking and, and it's you're... also like the most stephen i mean i don't want to keep harping on stephen king but telling yeah. a story within a story is the most yeah. stephen king thing you can do so like the fact that joe hill is writing a story within a story to tell you the story is very you know like the dark tower is essentially there's one book of the dark oh, tower God, i remember that yeah they're sitting around a campfire and he literally is like well here let me tell you the story and that's the book like yeah it is such a it is such a but i think that might work, have to be modified in a film version oh, of it, I, think it would, I think it would work perfect in the film version especially in a quentin tarantino-esque sort of like the head is talking and then it fades into the you know the story they do have they do have those like little flashbacks and stuff that you know what i yeah. mean like within the panels and they change the tone and make it look kind of like weathered age like it's an old photograph kind of but i like because i like travis when you know because you do think it's kind of lazy because we're like we're like exposition robots like yeah, we're yeah. just gonna vomit out story but i liked it when you know you, every time she added another head then they would have some sort of conversation about, well, I told you to do this. And like, then you realize they're all tied in together and they start kind of ratting each other out and stuff. And she's, it is unprovoked, but it's like between the two heads. Right. And so I like that reveal as well, because they're both, you know, kind of like, well, what the hell are you doing here now? So it, yeah, it kind of worked out that way. Good. But I like that. So I, I think one of my favorite set pieces in here is the mansion. Uh, I thought the tension in that, I felt, I felt like that was like, because a lot of, once we get past the mansion, uh, aside from the end boat, where it's, you know, kind of very rain, raincoats, axes, is really the only other action set piece is that the big house scene where where they're looking through the, you know, they're... It's super tense though too, right? Yeah. Like it's very, and then you go down to the water's edge, right? You get that whole scene where you know the tension of like her being followed down to the the ocean and you know there's all of that builds and you can feel it because because look like um seriously dave stewart can do no wrong when he colors a book and just the the feeling that he gives you in all of these rain soaked scenes it it works so well um that you see all of this and it's it's um I don't know. There's there's just something really like that. You're right, Travis. That is one of the best sort of tense moments. But then you get the scene where she's the the trees in the way, right? And she mm. runs into the mayor, and that scene is great. And then I I think like and then the jail, like I said before, the exposition between her and the and the son in the jail. You have each of these little set pieces that go with it that just they fit the tone of each of those pieces of the story. Um, and really I, I do enjoy like the boat at the end and her having to like, like, you know, use the dinghy to get out to it and the tension of like, oh, she could be stuck out there. You know, all that stuff. The, the trapping them in is, is very yeah. you know, great horror. It's like, let's, let's remove the means of escape. Right. 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 Uh, and to do it with weather in that way, uh, where your environment is, actually working against you as opposed to someone blowing up the bridge or right. or doing mm -hmm. something like that just adds it adds to that tension so here's here's my question um this book set in the 80s like all great films have to be do, set do we need do we need horror to be set in any other time period besides the 80s it's always the best no. time for horror what well, makes the absolutely. 80s so great for horror um there's no cell phones okay. you can't like but 50s that, that's, 60s 70s any, any place before the 2000s well, I, Right. Well, I, th I think the reason why you can't do it modern now is because unless the horror revolves around the use of technology or mm -hmm. because like is, if any one of them has a phone, a cell phone, you're fine. Yeah. Right. I mean, the weather could knock it out. So I guess you could say like, well, this it's an, on an island and the weather took out the cell tower or whatever. You could play that game. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but the 80s are this perfect time for this kind of horror, because I think like this is when douches are the douchiest, right? And this is when, like, you know, um, you can play with each of those sort of stereotypes in a different way. I think, I think, like, you could do, you could probably do a really fun 50s or 60s horror. I mean, like, like, you're like Lovecraft Country right now is a oh. great example is a great example of using a time period that's not the 80s for like a horror film. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just, it's the, and, and look, 
this sort of weather induced main like little drug story is 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 this sort of it's the perfect little vehicle for this fun experience right because it's it's not scary this was not a scary book mm-hmm. no right it wasn't like when we read witches witches was creepy right was, um and, and and but this is like a again again it reminded me a lot of like evil dead or evil dead 2 right that sort of like the moose is talking right like that sort of <laughs> you know like that's that's the sort of story it is and the gore would be in a movie i feel like the gore would be just as over the top like it is an evil dead or we, we've talked about Tarantino a couple different times, like a Tarantino film, like the blood is there's no, that's that much blood doesn't exist. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I, I interrupted a question you were going to ask with that, that sidetrack. Sorry. No, I was, I was just saying like, um, wh- like why, why is it, it has to take place in the eighties, right? Yeah. Everything about it is very like, it's a nostalgic hor- one. Uh, the horror genre is very much an 80s genre, right? Well, and this so, type of horror that we're mixing in the the laughs with the the chills and the tension, the slasher element, the slasher, to yeah, it, yeah, to it, yeah, yeah. So I'm saying, like, it's a very, it's, I mean, that it's the perfect time to set this in, right? When else could you set this? And have the summer cop. And have well, I mean the, that that cassette tape at the end. I mean, if you want that turn, it's got to be eighties. <laughs> you know, it has to be because that's the only way. Well, again, that's what their piece of evidence is. Is this as they think it's this tape instead of you know like he's he's it's been uploaded to the cloud or you know like whatever <laughs> or it's on vinyl. It's it on the record. They're going the other way. Well, everything has to be analog in order for this to work. One yeah. of the things that I think this story does really well that some horror doesn't do, even though it's called Eight Heads in a Basket, so and you know you're no, going to see basketball heads, basketball heads. Not eight heads in a double. I keep. I'm going to make that mistake at least a hundred times. At least two more times. Um, but even though I I knew the title of it, so I'm like, okay, there's going to be baskets full of heads, and I get a sense they're probably going to talk from the beginning panel uh however i did not know where the story was going i I was constantly like okay what's gonna happen and the end surprised me i mean when you look back at it once that happens like okay that actually makes sense and it gives you something to chew on but i it was a quick read and i remember just like wow what's the next page what's gonna happen like where do we take her from here there are all these characters in here and you have suspicions on some but it wasn't it was cookie. It, cu- it was cook. It was cookie cutter for the genre, but it wasn't cookie cutter as far as plotting. Like, well, obviously this is the bad guy, or well, she's this is going to happen to her, or it was the maid the whole time. But when you think about it, you're like it's always the maid, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. And I think the best part about it is like that first panel when you see who's like trying to pick her up, right? At, and when she's on the bridge, when it first starts. Right. Mm-hmm. You very well, like, because it's that cat, it lo- the shirt looks khaki and the hair looks shaggy. You're like, oh, it's her boyfriend. Right. Because then you turn the page and you see like, oh, he's got shaggy hair and he's got this khaki shirt on. Uh, it's him. Yeah. Right. So you don't know who's in that car at first. And then so that plays with your mind the entire time. You're like, OK, well, when you finally find out, well, it can't be her boyfriend in that truck because she's going to save her. Like, who is it then? You know? Well, in, you know, in the 80s, like you wouldn't assume that the, you know, the girl would be the the slasher in it. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's it yeah. Play, playing that playing that also worked well. Like the it yeah. the killer wasn't the bad guy. Right. 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 The killer was, was the, the final guy. girl. Yeah. yeah. It was the final girl. Yeah. Andrea, let me ask you a question here. Let's talk about this. Yeah. So the kind of the piece that comes out of nowhere and it really could be anything. Of course, it's eight. It's excuse me basketball heads so we gotta get we gotta get these heads off somewhere but what about this axe like the viking lore doesn't necessarily doesn't doesn't necessarily fit into any of the other aesthetic you know it's like viking we're in maine but then we have this viking piece and this guy just happens to collect old viking material um how did you feel about it's not really a MacGuffin. it's kind of just more of our the 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 device here um so what did you think about that what do you think about well, the axe? Um, I I thought it was a it was a little 
strange. Um, and it made me kind of wonder, like there was a moment in this where, you know, I was so into it and she had these heads and she was talking to the heads and I'm like, is she crazy? Is this actually happening? Is she imagining this whole thing? Like, is it really like a magical axe? Mm -hmm. So I, I didn't know if that was going to be, if, you know, at some point I did question like a, about it, but you know, they talk about how the, the chief of police wants the Viking funeral and stuff. And I feel like that's kind of like their whole family's thing. So I was like, okay, I'll give it to him. And it, it's, it just made for a fun, I mean, my gosh, every single panel of her chopping a head off, she just looks like right. it's a freaking giant, it's a giant ass, right? Yeah. And it's I, just, they really, those panels are just so like dynamic and she just right. looks like so like rage filled. And it, it's, it's amazing. I love but, it. So I ended up just being like, yes, this girl, give this girl a giant ass axe. Here's what you do. Here's, here's what you do in the movie. You make the tour of the, of the exhibit of the antiques a little longer. Mm-hmm. You, you explain each of the pieces, but you don't explain the acts, right? You don't get there or maybe you do, but you kind of like you, you find a way to kind of fill in that. Cause that's the only thing, Travis, I agree with you. It came up. I didn't get enough explanation for it. Right. Um, and maybe you don't need explanation for it. And that's what makes it just as goofy. Right. But I think you take, maybe you could have taken maybe one more page of that first issue Mm-hmm. And given me a little bit of exposition on pieces in the in the collection, maybe just a little more about them. Like, oh, this one's believed to have been the like, and it didn't have to be about the axe. It could have been like any other thing in there, and you could have given me some or being like, you know, the people on this island, there's descendants. There's a lot of Viking descendants. Like, you know, like you know how people, yeah, like, Germans in, like the, in the Midwest, or yeah, like, you know, this is this sort of this is like uh, there was a Norway, you know, or Norwegian settlers you yeah, know? yeah 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 um i like her freckles i love her freckles i love everything about her i love how she looks in this everybody is so much dimension oh the Amer- let's talk about the american flag over the basket and how great that <laughs> it's an american flag over the basket full of heads it just adds that pop of color and everything yeah. That, yeah. that would be that that would be the key prop for that costume is the Absolutely. american flag you yeah. need the yellow. You need the yellow slicker. Yeah. And the basket. I have to find some Daisy Dukes. I don't know. I, that is that a great be... Halloween costume. <laughs> oh is, my goodness! You have because you get the axe. You get the basket. You get to wear. It's still sexy, and you get, get to be blonde. Yeah. Like I'm all about it. It's, if it gets it's... cold, you got a rain slicker you can put on. You can tie it around your waist. You, oh, you, you have to remove a thumb at some point during the night. I can manage that. Yeah. Oh, just, I've, you, I've removed just people's tape, body parts before. You just tape it up. It's fine. She's got tape to tape it up. It up. And I, well, I would like to do the exposed, like gross, where she shoots it up with all the, the you know, the painkillers and stuff. Which well, is, once it becomes a movie <laughs> and people see it, then you can definitely do it. Uh, I know, people. right? Like right now, I'll just be terrifying children in my neighborhood, which I mean, which is my goal, honestly. But at least I want them to know they're going to be like, Josh, I'd be like, what is this reference? I yeah, I, I always wanted to do <laughs> I always wanted to do Jesse Custer from Preacher. But I'm like, no one's going to get this reference. They're just going to think you're a preacher in jeans. Travis, you have no idea. Every year, like we'll go out and ha- like Ryan was like the guy from Memento one year and like literally not a single person. There was like one dude in the bathroom. It was, it was like, like eight years Memento. after Memento came out. Right. And, like we don't know why anybody, nobody got and it. The guy, but... the guy was like Memento and he's like, yeah, yeah. And, like he was, he was good for the night, man. He was, he was Leon the professional. Oh, that's a good um, one. That's a good one. Yeah. So it's just like, we're, we're always something random. I went with but... two friends. We went as the Beastie Boys from the Intergalactic <laughs> video in like the white oh, jumpsuits awesome. and we had the yeah. hats on it. And people were like, what are you guys, construction workers? I'm like, look at the helmet. It literally says Beastie Boys. On this. I go, Have you not seen, did you not see that video from like 1997? <laughs> intergalactic, intergalactic. You should have had the song and just. We had like, the dance moves. We were like doing this. Yeah. <laughs> well, now don't. <laughs> Well, it killed me last year. I was Annie from Halloween where the one that gets strangled in the car and she has the short curly hair. And I was, I, and she's like the no pants on. She's washing yeah, her yeah. pants because she spilled popcorn. So I had like no pants on. I had my knee socks and like my white collared shirt. And then Ryan just threw a sheet over his hat and did the glasses because it's, it's Halloween and Michael Myers. And like, we went to go see Halloween at a little like indie theater and like no one knew who we were oh like, you went to the damn movie. i was gonna say that's a little bit uh ridiculous that they didn't get that I, they went it to was, the movie. I, you know I i've never disgusted. seen the movie so i didn't get it i didn't know you guys were i've never seen the film halloween 
so sad. Not a surprise, Josh. You like John Carpenter, though. You love The Thing. I don't like horror movies. But you like The Thing. The Thing is not a horror movie. What? The Thing is a sci-fi movie. I would say uh, sci-fi suspense. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's got it's got, not uh, a horror movie. It might, not it, a might. Horror movie. it might as well be Alien, guys. Alien is not a horror Alien movie. Alien is totally a horror movie. It's a sci-fi no. horror. <gasps> you I guys. Mean, are there, no, it might be horror. There's body horror in it, right? They're changing. They're morphing. Um, Dude, there's a mo- it's, it's a mo- it's it's and it eats it like that of, is a horror. The question movie. is: Is the thing more of a monster or more of an alien? Mm, it's more of a monster, maybe. I don't know. Because would you consider Zeno? Would you consider that pile you cons- of dog that you're, is trying to break free and everything is not a I monster? Don't, but I don't see it as a horror film. I guess maybe because I classify horror as like slasher movies, and I don't classify the thing as a slasher. The, film. the trick is Alien, the first one. Is it yeah. horror or is it sci-fi? It's suspense. It's it's, it's sci-fi oh, suspense. It's, it's a not a horror sci-fi movie. horror film. Yeah. Isn't There's it a haunted house film, film though? Isn't it basically just a haunted house film? It's a lot. It's a locked yes. room. Yeah. It's, it's a, a locked room, but I don't think it's a horror film. It's a it's uh, suspense. I don't think it's horror. Let's talk about art because I feel like we're gonna go down <laughs> a long debate path here. But I, so, okay, so here here's the thing. This is like we said before. This is made for a film. There is no way it's not. Mm-hmm. And um, the art for this is perfect. It's so perfect. It is perfect. <gasps> like I can like there. I can say nothing, nothing bad about the art or the color, the coloring, the facial acting is amazing. It's so detailed. It's so dimensional. Such good face acting, especially. Look, I've talked about the the creepy sun several times, but the like the facial acting on the sun, the way you go, like, oh, he's good. He's not bad. He's gonna help her. And then there's like his face switches in one panel. Where's it at? Uh, now I can't see it. But his face switches in one panel, and you're like, oh, he's the bad guy. I see it now. Right. You don't see him. You see like, oh, he's just a he's just a he's just a douche. Right. But then he locks the door on her and he gives this smirk and you're like, oh, he's the bad guy. Yeah, he's a bad. you know, it's this it's this very sort of um, you don't expect it to happen. And that scene in the jail is great, guys. Everything about it. When she oh, gets, yeah. When she gets electrocuted, that panel is fantastic because it, he does this really good job of it being cartoony, but still the facial acting is so real, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's several times where you see double movements, where you see like the mom's head in two places, right? And he does that a lot in panels when he wants to show you like an exaggerated move. It's so good. I know so that good. too, the double head move. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's so good. There's like, I can't make a single complaint about anything the way this book looks. No, I think when you're Joe Hill, too, and you're kind of starting Hill House Comics, I think this was the debut comic in that line. You know, you're not assigned an artist. You When you're when you're Joe Hill and you come in with this writing clout and you're like, hey, I'm starting my own line, you can really be like, I want this guy. And they'll go get you that guy. You know, yeah. this guy's going to match my style. And, you know, if you're given a script like this as an artist, I mean, you're going to give it your your tender love and care. And I'm sure that there was a lot of direction. You know, Joe Hill's worked in comics. So I think this is the art style in here matches his writing much better than lock and key. I don't have a problem with lock and key art. I just don't think it maybe mashes as well with that story. Um, The art is good. The story is good. But together, they don't they don't click as well. It's like you're almost being assigned an artist. And this clicks perfectly. Yeah. It, re- it really does. Like it because it because it it walks that line of like goofy horror, right? There's some jokes in it. There's silliness in it. There's this sort of like fantastical element of the talking heads, right? Um, that you want something that's that doesn't look too scary, mm-hmm. right? You don't you don't want something like you don't want Jock doing the art on mm-hmm. this one, right? You want you want something that's that's playful but still realistic but then you can cut a head off because you want to give that extreme gore but you don't want it to be too real right right Mm -hmm. and i think that it takes a lot of restraint in a 
post Paper Girls, uh, Stranger Things world to not go neon coloring on this to like because it's the right. 80s. I think that's your instinct to be like 80s. I want to and what's popular right now, you know, Stranger Things, Paper Girls, this stuff. Let's mm-hmm. let's wash it in neon. Let's put let's make it pop like that. And I think that the restraint by it's again, it's like those barbecue colors from Southern Bastards almost, right. you know, right. uh, that gives it that that groundedness and all everything in here is to ground the story because there's talking heads in in here right Right. and so like like this like it's oh go ahead sorry no so that is like hey there's a magical axe and talking heads ridiculous far-fetched i know but i'm gonna try to ground everything else the circumstances for getting trapped in the island the people the characters in the island how they talk their pop culture references i mean there's a black flag in here for t-shirt for christ you know Did you see that? That's Go ahead. Cool. Go ahead, Andrea. Um, yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I just like, I feel like this is the Halloween version. You know what I mean? Everything is very simple and it matches the tone of New England and like the rain and everything. So it didn't, it didn't go, I guess this is leans more toward Halloween instead of like Nightmare on Elm Street. I feel like that is like the 80s, like electric crazy. You know what I mean? But yeah, this just lets the, 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 the heads, you know, kind of carry the the whimsy of it, the really gross whimsy of it. So, <laughs> should we talk favorite panels? Yeah, we could. Let's let's dive into favorite panels. Uh, uh, I've, I've got mine. Andrew, do you have yours? Travis, do you have yours? Yes. Go ahead, Andrea. Your if you have yours, I will let you go first. You're the guest. <laughs> yeah, I've been like bouncing back and forth. Um, I, I there's so many I really love. Um, but the one I keep going back to is actually when they're in the house. Careful, and Andrea. Careful. The, in the in the the dudes are sneaking into the house in the orange jumpsuits, and it's her hiding behind the door. And I'm sorry, she just looks so freaking amazing in this panel. Like she looks so terrified and like so hot. And it's just, I love this panel. I always I kept one? going back it's to one? it. Yes, that it, one. It's the back arch. It's the back arch. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's the curve of her, her bad, her lower back and her butt. And I was just in, but she's, she just looks so amazing. And that's a great yeah. panel. It's, it's a nice yeah. split. It's, 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 that's, that's a really good one. And uh, I just, I don't know. It's a, I mean, it's a, I mean, I guess, yeah, it's a, would it be a, it's not a splash page. Is that a splash page? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's on page like, for those listening. That's on 30, uh, page 30 on the digital reader. Thank you. Um, but yeah, there's just, there's not, there's all this tension, but there's not that much happening in the actual mm-hmm. panel. You know what I mean? So that's why I, I just really, really love it. Cause you think of a splash page, there's tons of shit going on, but this is just so simple and so terrifying, just like a very simple, you know, boogeyman type story, like, like a Halloween. I would, I would use that as a print. That would be, that would be a cool print. Yeah. Oh, you could probably actually capture that, print it off, and frame it in like a nice Halloween frame. It could be part of your Halloween decorations. Like, what's that? You're like, that's I a would great just add Halloween it to my story. Because you can see, I've got ash behind me. Oh yeah, perfect. Myers. Oh yeah, you got a nice setup there. Yeah, uh, I'll go next, Josh, because my my panel is only a few pages away from hers. Uh, okay. If you keep going to page uh, 34 in Digital Reader, uh, it's the top page where the guy in the jumpsuit is going into the bathroom and you see him walking into the bathroom but the bottom quarter of that frame it's so they split it so it's like two things happening in in one frame and it's walking into the bathroom and then that classic horror of the moving uh the uh the shower curtain curtain. and then you hear that you actually have the written in there and i thought that it it the way that they curve the shower frame really frames that whole panel well and there's not a lot of there's not a a a ton of creative panel layout in this book um i mean there's great panel layout but not like where we're we're using the medium in you know to kind of do it and i I thought i'd never seen that before and i really like that and it gives it like that fisheye look almost yes exactly yeah Um, like yeah can i say uh, josh before you say is there just something that i really like that i noticed um the the clock face is Liam's watch. Yeah. And like how that goes through it, like, you know, like kind of lets you know the time and all the different, different parts of the story. I just thought that was kind of, Oh yeah. I didn't notice that either. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You see it a couple different times throughout the book. She's wearing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I picked a panel that I just thought is really just this this book in a nutshell. Uh, it's after she cuts off the mayor's head, and there's an entire set of scenes where she's talking to it. Um, but she, uh, like the he- the panel before, the head's like, um, "Please, no, I'm sorry, you win, I give up." And uh, she then goes. Don't lose your head. Ah, ha, 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 ha. Oh, God. Right. So like she's holding the head and just laughing about it. And it's this sort of like silly, goofy part of it. Right. Like this whole scene, she's just accepted. Yep. She can chop off people's heads and they'll talk to her. And so she's making jokes. And it's just her holding the head out just in talking to it for the whole scene. But I thought that one where she's she laughs at her own joke. I was like, oh, that's good. Right. Like that's how that's how like like silly this is like that's how like goofy this has become yeah well something something setting up that panel too it's right after she chops his head off and it's just him screaming and it has the ah and she's like go on just get it out of your system so she's (laughs) she's she knows the drill now he's just i need to freak out about it and then she's she's accepted how she's accepted (laughs) this right and it's such a it's such a it's well, a weird it goes it goes back to what you're saying like so the police line that they pull from the the end that's blaring out of the car is once you've decided on a killing if you find that your hands are willing murder into an art you know and that that moment you're talking about is like where she's accepted like well i've started killing so <laughs> right and it's, well it's it's also like i said it's that conceit that she's like she goes from what the hell to like okay this is yeah. what I'm doing now. Like that line is it, it it's crossed so quickly. And I think that's sort of what's very interesting about that's what I think makes this book work is because she's essentially bought into the wackiness of what she can do. And she's like, yep. Okay, here we go. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you could just freak out about it and that, and that would be a different book, right? Mm-hmm. Her freaking out about it and, and, and not, being able to understand it or her just accepting the fact that, yeah, I can, this ax is badass and I can, I can chop people's heads off. She, she could be the girl that runs and hides and breaks her ankle in the woods, or she could be right. the girl that slices everybody's heads off. And Last, the fact that she like takes it with her, that she like just takes the heads with her is even better. You know? Last thing I want to talk about before we say who. Also Travis. Her. Yeah. Also Travis, how did you not pick the panel where she changes in the jail cell? And, and, <laughs> well, I don't want to like, I don't, don't want to be, be lewd, Josh. I'm a gentleman. <laughs> but look at that back arch, dude. Yeah, there's. Come on. I do like a good back arch in this book. I, okay, so the last thing I want to talk about before we recommend it and, and we get out of here and go about our trick or treating is this. The end, she turns on her boyfriend and kills her boyfriend. I, it was a fun ending. I liked it because it kind of surprised me. But can we agree it's a bit overkill as far as she overreacted in this? Like, you know, this is a huge overreaction, I feel like, on her part. Like, she just kills him? And she is so bloodlusted that she just, like, just loves chopping off heads at this point? I go, okay, definitely break up with him. Certainly maybe even turn him into the cops. But kill him? Look, she's she's a killer. She's made the decision, right? <laughs> I also think, like, she thought he was so good, right? And yeah. she spent this entire night trying to save him. But then she finds out that he's a part of it. And so what does she have left but, like, to end it and to, like, really end it, you know? I mean, she's turned into a murderer. She's had to chop off her own body parts. At this point, she's like, you know, I need to tie up all these loose ends. Right. Just chop this dude's head off. Not me. I say stop, breathe, count to three, think, sleep on it, (laughs) and go back up. Keep him him tied up. Go get a good eight eight winks. come Come back and then decide if you want to chop his head off. I don't like that she gets rid of the axe, though. No. I don't like she like she gets rid of the axe. I think she should have... I think you should see her leave with the axe. I think that would have been... Because then you go like, is she going to kill the maid? Right? Like, yeah. I think... That, like, <laughs> I, like, I'm, like... Because at this point, you go like, wow. is It's essentially, like... It turns into this sort of revenge, a very tarantino sort of revenge thing and you go like where could this go now right but you don't get it because she throws the axe away and i think that takes it away from you where you could go "Ooh, where does this story go and now you don't have to now now there's no place for this story to go she's gone and no one like no one can say anything about her being there 
except for maybe the the mom. What happened to the mom? They she ran off. They didn't right. she? She yeah. went off island so they to go visit. Yeah, somewhere. they don't they don't even know where she yeah, went. Yeah, that's right. But but since she did throw the axe away, I do love that she's getting these last few pieces of things from the very beginning, the EL and yeah. you know what I mean? And like she just kind of still has that look on her face that she's just kind of laughing on the inside, like, holy shit, like what just happened? And none of, and she knows none of this had had to happen. And so I just I, I at least like how they ended it with the in that final panel about yeah you know Le got it <laughs> like there's just, <laughs> like she's like oh shit of course a yep. police tape and you know <laughs> and it turns out to be the maid with the fused spine who's like I'm I'm gone I don't want to like and that's the thing all the all the answers and these, people, and these people are terrible right that's yeah. why I did this exactly. yeah it's so good, good. it's oh, good stuff so good. who do you give it to Travis. Oh, this is uh, a man. You see so much of this stuff coming out now. I was just watching something the other night called Babysitter on Netflix, and like the return of Babysitter. It's it's like the, it's not as good quality storytelling as this, but it's the same vein. It's this uh, a babysitter who's watching this kid, and then but she's also trying to resurrect like the devil, and the the kid finds out, and so all these goofy characters have to try to kill this kid. It's like Home Alone, like a Home Alone version of this. But this okay. is definitely a subgenre of horror, uh, that kind of fun, goofy horror. And whether you're a comic book fan or not, this is quick enough. It's beautiful enough. It's easily laid out enough. So someone who is a fan of horror, the horror genre... Uh, could easily pick this book up, enjoy it, especially during this season. And I mean, if I was passing out candy in the States, you know, I might take this book out on the port patio with me, flip through it and really kind of get into that vibe. It's a good Halloween book. <laughs> uh, Andrea, what do you think? Who do you give this to? I honestly, I would give this to, I want everybody to read, <laughs> to read this book. I just, it's so freaking good. I would definitely give it to all my, my, my film people. Um, cause they would really appreciate just, just how fantastic, you know, all the dialogue is and how beautiful the art is. I mean, it really is. It's, it's a storyboard and a, tr- a treatment. Um, but I would give this to pretty much anybody that is like I'd like to read a comic and they haven't. I would say here this is the this is probably the best comic I've ever read. I know mm-hmm. that's a bold statement, but like I can't find a single thing wrong with it and I just plowed right through it. It was it's just it's just perfect. I love it's it. It's very good. It's very good. I, I I agree with both of you. I think you I think this is that book you go like, "Oh, you like a horror movie?" Yeah. Or you know like, "Oh, I like I keep going back to this idea of Evil Dad, but I think like, "Oh, that's one of your favorite films. Here you go. This is a this is a great sort of like <laughs> Right. This is a good book to kind of pair if that's your thing or what's the is it Cabin in the Woods? Is that the one where all the rooms change? Right. Like it's it's like it's all very much in that sort of vein of like a little goofy horror, still gory. Right. But it's fun. Also, we didn't talk about how every cover of the book is like how every chapter of the book is like a head giving the number, like the episode yeah. issue, like the hand giving the episode issue, which I think is just it. I'd all, I, I look forward to each of those popping up to, yeah. uh, to see how they do it, but it's beautiful. I, I would, I would definitely recommend this book. I got the lovely hardcover version of it. Oh, um, that looks what guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's the lovely, it's a nice hardcover. Gorgeous. Um, it's, I mean, you Calm know, your ass is down, man. Now I'm jealous. Well, that's what happens when you live in Japan. Amazon can't get you stuff fast enough. Uh, another reason to move back to the States, Travis. Uh, so, but yeah, I thought it was really good. I would I would recommend it all over the place. Um, anything else before we wrap up we want to say about this book? Besides go read it. Um, make this movie. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. please. Hollywood, make this, make this movie. Uh, or TV show. You could do like an eight episode, a six episode sort of. Half an hour know, each. Like, yeah, half an hour yeah. sort of thing and, and make it happen. I like it uh, as a movie. I like it as I like, I a movie I like another I think Halloween right. movie fair. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would make a good movie. Uh so ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. Boys and girls, uh folks, thanks for being here and, and hanging out with us. Andrea, thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much. This was thanks. great. Thanks for joining us for the spooky book. Spooky book. We know know that you like the spooky books. Uh since it is the spooky season and you're listening to this. I'm assuming just before Halloween, uh, if my scheduling 
in my brain yep. works out. It should be um, Halloween. Should be tomorrow. Oh, weird! Yeah. You can, you can. Uh, if I, I remember was, to put this episode out on time, yeah. <laughs> uh, I would. Yeah. I like go ahead. Like, it, if you haven't read it and you just listened to us talk about it, go grab it. I don't think. I mean, we spoiled the ending, but we didn't spoil how wonderful this book is. Oh, um, we could talk about this book for a very long. Yeah, I mean, at least yeah. I could. There's so much to it. Yeah. So, so check it out or get your spooky book. We hope that you were you're hunkering down for your Halloween uh, and enjoying it. Uh, we have a bunch of Halloween episodes. We like to do these once a year, so you can go back. Like the and Simpsons. To, yeah, you can go back and listen to our Treehouse of Horrors as we've talked about witches and we've talked about uh, Afterlife with Archie. In fact, we did a whole three th- three different sort of Archie era horror books, didn't we? Or is it two? We did Sabrina. We, we did, did Sabrina. Afterlife uh, with Archie. And yeah, we got oh, to do did you do Vampironica? No, you didn't. No, no we did not. I uh, did read Vampironica good. I also read The Jughead as a Werewolf, also good. They're good. Uh, we read uh, that big anthology collect, or not a big one, but the anthology collection of short DC yeah, Halloween stories. Yeah, that and one you could probably skip. We did Goners with another little spooky book. Yeah, like, Andrea can, was on that one. Yeah, you, you can check out a bunch of spooky books that we've had back in the lineup. Pick them up, read them. It's the holiday season. I'm calling it it's a holiday. It's the holiday season. <laughs> uh, but anyways, you can find all that stuff on the website, comicexposure.com. You can find all of our episodes there with some show notes. You can go back. You can just pick what's the October episodes we did and find those. Uh, you can find them on Apple Podcasts, Google Play. You can find them on Spotify. Spotify. Uh, follow us on or follow the podcast on Spotify. Get those updates. Uh, find out when the new episode comes out on your little tab. Uh, you can uh, subscribe on Apple. Give us a good rating. Tell your grandma about the show. Uh, also, we've got uh, this. The shirt store has been switched over. So if you haven't checked it out, it is up on Threadless. So you can find the link on our website or you can go to comicexposure.threadless.com. Grab yourself a Comic Exposure t-shirt. There will be a sweet Stephen King-inspired t-shirt up there. By the time you hear this, you'll be able to check out the Comic Exposure Rules shirt. Um, a la, a la uh, um, we just talked about it earlier, Monster Squad. So you're going to be able to get your, your sweet Monster Squad-esque shirt uh, from the store. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in so much. And uh, we'll see you next trade.